I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the last dance dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, I'm I'm actually genuinely sad that this is over. The last dance, this Michael Jordan docu-series, documentary, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, yeah, I think uh Worldwide Wob tweeted it uh, perfect afterwards he said good luck making a sports docuseries after this one and i mean i like weirdly got emotional towards the end of this my wife was like i want to cry and i don't even like she's like looking at me and i'm like um i just thought it was absolutely incredible start to finish how they ended it so many quotes so much and i know we joke about the goat argument on here i don't really engage with that stuff on twitter it's not even it's never been a debate for me or anything but i i yeah i don't see how i personally don't see how you can come out of this documentary and see jordan and all of this stuff and the run and that 90s run six out of eight and and like still be trying to argue on twitter which that's just you know twitter in itself but um, he is the greatest basketball player of all time and one of the best athletes uh, that we've ever seen. So today on the pod, we're going to talk all about LeBron James and how he is the greatest player of all time. He's not even worthy of this pod tonight. I mean, honest, on an honest note, like he's not even like, yeah, it's just not like Nick texted me and I'm like, and just joking and I'm like, he's just not even in that that category, not even in that stratosphere. Wow, why do you gotta why do you gotta push him while he's low? His season got suspended. He's not low. He did a, an, an amazing uh, senior 2020 thing he put together. I thought that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I love that. Great. All right, we're done talking about LeBron. All right, today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. We'll talk more about that later. On the show today, we're breaking down parts eight, 9 and 10 of The Last Dance, the final two episodes of The Last Dance. Do you remember when... This was first announced. I mean, this was back, what was it, 2016, 17? I mean, so long, in 18 maybe, so long ago that it was announced that at some point, you know, during the summer of 2021 or something, that they were going to drop this 10-part Jordan documentary. And we were, I remember you and I, we were hyped to hear that that was, you know, coming out. And now we've seen it all. I mean, that's just, it's incredible that we've seen it all now, that it's, uh, Man, the 10 parts to do on, on Michael Jordan to watch all of it. And they didn't even scratch the surface on some topics. Yeah. I mean, gosh, yeah. In a, in a weird way, like quarantine, I know a lot of people has been getting back to work lately. And some of your routines have started back up for some people. But uh, just like for me and my, my family, we're basically still in quarantine live. I'm working from home and stuff a lot. And it's like, man, quarantine's lasting forever. It's lasted forever. It feels like I've been home forever. 
But then again, like this documentary feels like it just flew by. I'm like, where did the last five weeks go? My last five Sunday nights. And I listened to an incredible podcast. Jason Hare, the uh, director of this thing, was on uh, Howard Beck's podcast. And Howard Beck asked him, he's like, which one of these subplots do you wish you could have went like an hour or something on? And I think that was one of the takeaways of hearing the director talk about it. He's like, man, there's so many, like just the Nike thing. He said, I literally had like six to eight minutes to to like explain the whole Nike brand thing. And that's why Sonny <laughs> Vaccaro wasn't in the thing and like all this stuff. And I'm like, how many of these subplots could you have literally done a whole episode on? And like, that's, that's the thing. And it's, but you know, like I'm not coming out of this thinking, dang, like they really skipped over this or didn't put enough. Like, I mean, yeah, I want, I want more, but I'm, I'm so satisfied by the final product too. Yeah, and I think it, it was what it was supposed to be, right? I mean, it was a it was just a look back at Jordan's career, retrospective, retelling a lot of the stories that had happened. It wasn't trying to dig into like why MJ failed as a person, you know, like all like all the angles that you could have gone with the uh, politics angle, you could have gone with. But um, he touched on just it. a bunch like of different that. things. They touched on with the gambling, like they could have gone down all those roads a little bit more. But they they touched on it, they addressed it, but they didn't try and make it something that it you know something that it wasn't right. Yeah, um, and I, I thought I think they spent enough time on. It. I mean, do I like I I want to see more about the basketball. Like I don't like. Yeah, all the conspiracy theories of why he retired or something. Like, I'm glad they spent the subject on it or the time on it because, yeah, it would have been weird if they didn't touch on it. Right. But I don't want an hour worth of that. Right. Like, yeah. So, and so I think them touching on the on those topics was was big time. And I, yeah. Anyway, I could have used more Dennis Rodman. Just overall, I'd forgotten all about the wrestling detour. I didn't know that to be honest. I, I literally forgot all about it. And when that came up, like, holy crap, it just brought back all these like things that like my dad used to tell me of like just Robin leaving in the middle of the finals and how crazy that was. But I never knew all like the like fine details of it. And Carmen saying, I mean, he took a detour. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> from that's basketball. an understatement. Yes. She doesn't even know when they play the games. <laughs> She admitted in that one part of this documentary, she's like, I didn't know he was supposed to be playing games <laughs> My God. when he took the first break to, to go yeah. to Vegas. You imagine if a player did that now and skipped, <laughs> like if you imagine J.R. Smith skipped practice to go be in WrestleMania, like that's just, it's insane. Uh, there's just so many things in this. Let's, let's, let's dive into that. There's so many different things in this documentary that couldn't necessarily happen now because of social media. It's just changed so much. They even mentioned it at the end. I think it was Andrea Kramer that mentioned Jordan became such a huge personality and such a huge person even and figure, even though he didn't have a platform like, you know, social media to or to share videos on or to share himself. And it's just I'm glad it, you mentioned that. It proves uh, uh, yeah. it proves just how impactful he was that he could get that kind of persona out and become that big of a persona via older type mediums, newspaper, TV reports. Yeah. Like you listen to a lot of the reporting that they put in there and it wasn't necessarily a lot of opinion shows. Maybe this whole documentary, they put one opinion show, a sports opinion show on there uh, and it didn't have necessarily have guests, right? Uh, there's, there's not a lot of ways for a player to get out, you know, opinions or, or talking points or things like that, uh, or advertise themselves, but he could do it with his game. He could do it with air Jordan. And he did those, he did that larger than anyone maybe has ever had ever done before. 
Yeah, I love. I literally made the point of that at the end of my notes that he became the icon that he is without social media, and that like reaching the ends of the earth without social media, like that's absolutely unheard of. And yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. all those posters at the end for their sixth title celebration. Remember, there was the one that said Brazil is for Jordan. There's the yeah. Philippines for Jordan. Like all these different people that came from all over the world, to, you know, to see Michael Jordan and who he was man it just it speaks to uh the level of of just celebrity he he was i mean he was the biggest celebrity in the world at that time which is just wild um all right coming up let's get into some more of this documentary we had another rick carlisle appearance we'll talk about that (laughs) the jordan flu game we'll talk about steve kerr's dad the push-off all different kinds of things jordan's sixth title we'll talk about breaking up the team so much stuff to get to but before we do isaac harris I know you've been enjoying your built bars. I've been enjoying my built bars. They're great for a meal replacement or for breakfast replacement. Uh, 110 calories, 170 calories, somewhere between that range is all the the different kinds. There's 16 different flavors, so many different flavors you can get. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. The chocolate on the outside is maybe my favorite part about them because you know it's it's actually chocolate. If I even have, and I had this tonight, I had um, just I just. Sometimes you just want something sweet. Like after you eat a meal or something like that, you want something, but you don't want to just go straight in and like eat brownies or Oreos, you know, or something or go crazy like that. Just grab a built bar, eat like half a built bar, or eat a full built bar, whatever you whatever you decide to do. Uh, they could be dessert replacement, not just meal replacement. So these are delicious bars, great for a health conscious guy as well. Health conscious people out there lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because they are delicious. It is it is true. Mint brownie. You can't beat it. I absolutely love it. I've ate it for breakfast. Uh, I've ate a couple of built bars for breakfast as a breakfast replacement, if you want to say. And uh, yeah, they're incredible. Absolutely. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off of a box. That's an incredible value right there. $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. Link in the description of this podcast. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more of this. I thought one of the more um, maybe surprising things is in going back, and I didn't watch any of these games. I was too young to watch any of these games live, and uh, I haven't gone back and watched a bunch of these games you know, uh, since then. But Jordan's saying that the pace, that Pacers team with Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson, bald Chris Mullen, <laughs> Rick Smith, the Davis brothers – uh, Jalen Rose, that was one of the toughest teams he had to face yeah. in the playoffs. I thought that was, I mean, that's just incredible respect coming from Jordan. Oh, for sure. I mean, th- that series in uh, in that last season there for him, the last dance season, uh, you know, I-, I grew up going to Pacers games and I loved Jordan and stuff when I was a kid, but it's like being in Kentucky, we would grow up going to you know Pacers games because that was just the closest NBA arena. And I remember just watching these Reggie teams and Rick Smiths. And I remember there used to be this thing up at, uh, uh, used to be Conseco Fieldhouse back in the day, but this Rick Smiths uh, thing where you could, as a kid, you could go stand up next to it. And he had his like arms spread out like his wingspan. And I remember taking a picture with that and different stuff. But anyway, 
that Pacers team was so good, and that was one of the uh, takeaways. Really, one of the, the trivia, uh, one of the trivia's that's so quick, by the way. But one of the trivia things on there tonight, I think it was episode nine, was how many sixty they've beat. Like Jordan and Pippen have beat the most sixty win teams in the playoffs than you know anybody else, and they'd beat seven seven sixty win teams, which is crazy in their postseason runs. And I just started thinking about the Hall of Famers. Really, the second trivia question was about Jordan. It says Michael Jordan has eliminated. 20 different Hall of Famers <laughs> in those championship runs. Jeez. And I, I think about like the those teams because like, man, it's a shame. I tweeted this out. It's a shame that Pacers team never got a championship. It's a shame Malone and Stockton and, and, and Byron Russell and Ostertag and those guys never got a championship. Ewing, I mean, gosh. I Barkley. Mean, yeah, Barkley and like these all-time great players that never got championships there in the 90. And I mean, the Sonics, that team too. Yeah, like, Peyton I mean, Camp. It, yeah, and it's like there were some really fun teams back in the '90s like that, and but yeah, that Pacers team and, and Reggie, yeah, that whole sequence. Okay, this is off the top of your head, but who's the? I think we might have mentioned this last week, but who's like the who's the Reggie Miller equivalent in today's game of today's NBA? So, so one of the things Reggie Miller was famous for was he he kind of pushed the envelope on fouls and things. He flailed, he kicked his leg out, he did a bunch of that stuff. So, <laughs> in that vein plus some trash talk. I kind of want to put Harden there, right? Like style yeah. stylistically their their play-wise isn't like that, but to be that kind of uh, great score, hard, not the best defender. Great score, you know, can be a good defender when you want him to be, right? Yeah. Like that is both those guys. Um but you also you get a guy that is a, thinks of himself a little bit highly, more highly yeah. than he ought possibly, right? Like th- at that level. And then stylistically, they're different players. We don't have to go that direction. And I think Harden's probably a better scorer. He's, I mean, he's a different yeah. scorer now than, than back then. But Reggie Miller, the way that he would come off screens and take quick threes off of screens and things, like that was way before his time. I mean, way before anybody else was doing that. So uh, and Harden is kind of that way. He pushes the envelope on certain things. So that's the first name I thought of because I was thinking about that when I was watching him play. I was like, man, what kind of player would he be today? He'd be well, he'd be really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think, uh, yeah, and I mentioned this before, I think he's one of those players that if he played in today's game, he'd be even better than what he was. And I tweeted that out tonight, who's going to, like, who's the equivalent to Reggie Miller today? And honestly, I had a lot of replies and a lot of quote tweets of people saying Damian Lillard. That's <laughs> like the, weird. The, the you, know, guy, you know Reggie yeah. Miller six seven, right? I know, and some people said Steph. Um, some people, I was kind of leaning more the Devin Booker route. Uh, some people said Booker. Yeah, some that. people said uh, Brad Beal, um, which I, I I could see more stuff like that. Which, in a sense, it's kind of hard to see like really good two guards in today's game too. If you're going by like distinct positions yeah. and, and trying to box people in that way, but man, Reggie was such a good uh, score. I his shot was always ugly to me, <laughs> but uh, he was. So such a good score and very confident him him before that saying or at the end of last uh or season or next no, season episode eight <laughs> when he said i was going into that series and i i thought i was going to retire michael jordan michael, i'm like that, oh, oh. like you yeah you got michael jordan to retire that year because you let him win <laughs> like he beat you and he wanted to title and he was gone uh but yeah you're you're not gonna put him out though bro like <laughs> Man, and there's Get real animosity, it seems, between Jordan and Reggie Miller. 
Yeah, I love how a lot of the players that they interviewed, like opponents, they all they all in some way said the same line. Like Gary Payton said the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody across the league feared Jordan, but I didn't. I'm like, oh, I on. stood up to him. Even yeah, players on his own team, like you know, Kerr said this. Like I stood up to him. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, well, somebody's lying because y'all all saying that about uh, each other. But the thing everybody is, everybody else is scared. They all stood up to him. They were they weren't scared of him. Michael still beat him anyway. Yeah, and the confidence that I wrote this note, the confidence Jordan had after losing finals games and that he sat there at the podium, like at the pressers, and he's like, yeah, it's cute out there. You know, they, they you know, they are all holding their breath, you know, for that for last 1. shot. 1.1 seconds. Yeah, it's like different than like he, he, he would smile at these pressers and I'm like, <laughs> bro, you are so confident right now because you're that good. Well, he just got done talking to... Reggie walking off the floor and he said a line that I did not know that he originated. Uh, I'm sure this is a famous quote that a lot of people knew, but I didn't know this. Reggie Miller was talking trash to Jordan and Jordan responds saying, don't ever talk trash to black Jesus. Oh my God. What a goat quote right there. Holy cow. Don't ever talk trash to black Jesus. Michael Jordan said that to Reggie Miller. That's the title of my notes for tonight. My my note app says black Jesus. (laughs) Oh my gosh! As a pastor, is that sacrilegious? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I'm throwing everything out for MJ, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Just, Love you, I was Jesus. Waiting for you to go down a sermon on that one. <laughs> I ain't going down any sermon about Jordan. Preach, Isaac. Preach. <laughs> Y'all all need to have the fire that Jordan had. <laughs> that mama mentality. Um, we are all witnesses. <clears throat> Gosh, I guess we're just like spitballing stuff out at this point. This is, I mean, this is what it is. It's, it, we're recapping basically the whole thing. So anything you want to bring up from it? Um, oh, should we, okay. should we talk? Should we spend some time talking about Rick Carlisle's appearance since we're talking about the Pacers? I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. He had long hair. <laughs> Rick Carlisle was assistant on one of the, on that Pacers team, uh, assistant to, to Larry Bird, and he showed up. He was he was holding the clipboard on the sidelines, and he had a full head of hair. Good for you, Rick. <laughs> and the the fact after they beat the Pacers, Bird comes up and greets him in the tunnel, Jordan, mm. and he shakes his hand and stuff. And how savage of it is. Bird's like walking off. You know, they share some words I'm not going to repeat, but then Bird's walking off and Jordan's like, hey, now you got time to go work on that golf game. I'm like, Ooh. oh my gosh. The dude just lost like, like, <laughs> just, all right, go ahead and like, he's treating well, Bird like he's Scott Bird Burrell. said he's, he said that was their best chance to win a title and that's how Jordan like sent him off. <laughs> Go work on your golf game. <laughs> that was your, your best game. chance to win a title. See ya. So the Byron Russell stuff, I didn't know there was a backstory to that. I didn't know Russell was on the list, okay? Also, and it's Brian I, Russell. I always thought it was Byron Russell growing up, see, too. But it's See, B- I've seen it, jokes on Twitter about it. It's like people call him Byron. Some people say Brian. But it's, and, it's B-R-Y-O-N. Brian. Okay. Yeah, I always thought it, I always thought it was Byron Russell because I only ever read it. I never like I've called him Byron my entire life. But <laughs> I know so. I'll try really hard on this podcast to say Brian. He doesn't the care. Fact, I'll just say Russell. <laughs> we can just assume it's Bill Russell. But no, no, everyone's confused more now. <laughs> the fact that Jordan's retired and the Jazz are in town, he goes up to the practice facility and he sees you know Carl and, and Stockton and them. And he's like saying hey to them. And the fact that Russell, who's like, I think a rookie at that moment, comes over and is like, why did you quit? I could guard you if you're in the league and all this stuff. He said, at that point, he was on my list. And I just thought, I'm like, how scary would it be to be on MJ's list? 
like what like that's that's one of the last list that i want to be on is mj's list if i found out that i was on jordan's list like that i like that would just scare me you know like that that just like scares me like if i did something in t- like today's life jordan ain't even playing anything i don't have no connections to him and it just got back to me that hey you're on jordan's list i would be, be scared now me and just like my low life here just like chilling in a suburb suburb of dallas and it's just everybody made made it onto jordan's list and you know he's still like putting people on that list, right? Yeah, but like, what does he do now? Does he spend more money on the the Hornets? Like, I don't know salary like, cap. Like, what does he do now? I guess he plays. It's just ho- a mental thing. Why does he have to have something every time? My, my so we were watching. We watched the first one with my mother in law, my two brother in laws, and my wife. And uh, my mother in law was making fun of Jordan every time. Every time some she would talk, he would talk about some kind of like. Like one of those things that he would hold against. Like every time it became personal for him and she just kept laughing about it because it seemed like every single series he had to have somebody that he was taking it out on. And you wonder like what kind of, what personality trait or what, what sends you down that path to where you have to come up with something to get motivated in that way. We couldn't just yeah, be, win- I, it wasn't just winning for winning's sake. It wasn't just winning and beating people. He had to be a certain person. It had to be a certain thing and it had to be a slight yeah, I do. I don't want to go down like a very dark route here at all, but I I go back to something. Man, how do I want to word this now? Because this reminds me of something in my personal life. Um, so yeah, I went through some counseling over the past year or so, and I remember my counselor was really wanting. I was really wanting to get past something, and for the a fact lot that you of, wouldn't give LeBron any credit for anything he's ever done in his career, I, I give him credit all the time. He just did a great no, I'm joking, thing. I'm joking. Um, but it's something <laughs> I've wanted to get past, like and for a long time. And I remember uh, something. I, I was just told this story yesterday, somebody, and this and my counselor told me he's like, "Hey, why don't you just change the motivation behind it? if what you've been you've been trying to do this for yourself for so long or whatever it is? Why don't you change the motivation behind it and like the reason why you're doing it and that could help you get past it." help you get achieve what you want to achieve and I, I mean it's easier said than done so I switched up my motivation on that put like my kids as my motivation and not like me on something and that just changed it, it changed it did change a lot for me and I wonder in the same vein for Jordan it was like I wonder if yeah personal achievement or just him in general like if winning just didn't satisfy that craze but if it was something in his head like all right I'm gonna do this to beat George Carl because he didn't talk to me in this restaurant yeah. or and he had to always have something and he knew he had to have something in order for him to reach that point that I don't man I I guess so but inside Jordan's brain it's not like a lot of people's brains out there so and they they touched on that they touched on the way that he was able to stay present and stay in the moment and I as as a person I'm so incredibly bad at that to be able to stay in the moment to stay present uh we were talking about this today my wife and I were were picking up our my brother-in-law from the airport and we pick him up from the airport and we're driving we're driving to a restaurant to meet his, the rest of his family and i'm driving but my wife is is pointing out like little things that i'm doing while i'm driving and it's normal for us and she's not like nagging on me but i have a tendency to think about other things and miss turns all the time i do this so much i don't know what it is about me but i will like be in a train in a train of thought like thinking about like the next YouTube video I'm going to make or thinking about our podcast or thinking about like, I don't know, it could be anything, but I get down a train of thought and all of a sudden everything else that I'm doing in the moment isn't there and doesn't matter anymore. 
And Jordan was able to stay in the moment more than anybody. And I think that's just an incredible, you know, it's an incredible way to, to, you know, whether he was just born that way or whether Phil Jackson maybe helped him to be able to stay centered like that. It's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible feat, especially considering all the other distractions he had that that most of us will never even come to understand, like not even close. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I actually did write because that was like a, that wasn't a, like a prominent line in the in the dog and I, I, it's cool that you picked that out too because um yeah i think he was just walking onto the court and somebody was said that and i but i literally put a quote it said his gift was that he was completely present yeah and it's like at all times he was always in that moment but well, it's just such a foreign um, concept to me i had to bring it up but uh yeah. coming up we have to get into the jordan flu game because it, is it the flu game it dispelled maybe a, a myth that some people had thought uh, in the past, and so we have to talk about it in the context of Dirk's flu game. So coming up, let's talk about the flu game. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about Jordan's flu game. So this is against uh, the Jazz the first time. Yeah. First time they're playing the Jazz. Sometimes the timeline got me confused. But so Jordan, sitting in his hotel room, he gets hungry. It's late, really late. And it's Utah, Salt Lake City. Not a lot of stuff is open. Uh, I'm sure it's built up and it's become a, a booming metropolitan since then. But we do have Matt Barnes saying the famous uh, nightlife quote about Utah. And we know that there's not a lot of stuff going on in Utah. But his Jordan's assistant calls around and tr- tries to find some restaurant that's open. They find one pizza place. They call. They order a pizza. Little, little Caesars. It shows, yeah. it shows up to his door with five pizza delivery people, which... <laughs> Should have been maybe their first their first thing. Jordan is the only one in the room that eats the pizza. No one else, you know, joins in with him. Maybe he ate the whole thing. Maybe he just ate some of it. Who knows? He wakes up the he you know he later that night, he is just like writhing in pain and he has food poisoning. So he confirms that it's not he doesn't have the flu. It wasn't really the flu. They just thought it was at that point because they didn't have enough information, I guess, on the broadcast, but they're calling it the flu. It's not a flu. So Dirk has the only real flu game. Yeah. I'm here. I'm all here to therefore hand the title of flu game to Dirk. And what should Jordan should Jordan's <laughs> Pizza game? No, the food poisoning game. The Pizza Gate game. <laughs> pizza Gate. <laughs> yeah, the the fact oh, that, that has like, so many layers to it. I don't want to unpack right now. The fact that Grover his, you know, his um trainer guy um best way to describe him there you know comes down <laughs> to his room and finds him like curled up in a ball oh. and that he was like so sick and you know bill winnington saying that you know him, him coming in you know to the arena and he's hooked up to an iv you know getting fluid <laughs> never a good like, sign all, when your best player is hooked stuff. up to an iv yeah and just the craziness of well we saw two epic performances tonight and uh, and Amazing. battling through in- injuries of that game and then seeing pippen in his back and, and that game in 98 but the fact that Jordan went out that night and played 44 minutes, the minute totals in these games are crazy. If you really like listen to them, it's like, oh, he played 42 minutes. He played 35 out of 37 yeah. minutes. Well, and a lot of them are playoff games, which, you know, players still do true. Players still do that now. But, yeah, it, it is incredible, especially considering he had food poisoning. He played 44 minutes. Played all but yeah, put four minutes of the game. <laughs> 38 points, 44 minutes, you know, coming off that stuff. And it's that's when yeah. the motivation of, you know, the pizza guys that, you know, that they're on the list. <laughs> they're on the list. They made the least thinking about all five of their faces. Okay. So the question is, is that business 
still operating today. Is the business still operating? <laughs> uh, my my brother-in-law who's sitting next to me, who's an accountant, looks at me and goes, you think they sued? Do you think Jordan sued that, that pizza company? <laughs> like, first of all, I don't know if Jordan needed the money. Second of all, um, man. So did the five guys do something to the pizza and they were waiting to see if he was going to eat it? Did they know it was Michael Jordan? Did the assistant call and were they like, hey, we would like a pizza from Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Like, yeah, that's five-time what, that's NBA All-Star, four-time NBA uh, title winner at that point. Like, Guys, this is the first like Nerland's hot dog thing to where like if Jordan <laughs> ordered this pizza on his own, like he should have just had the ball boy order it, and it's like some but, random. But he did. Kid. He uh, that uh, his assistant was talking about it, how he was calling all the places. And they finally found a pizza, and they he ordered it. It wasn't the it wasn't Jordan that ordered it. So how did they know it was for Jordan? Yeah, that's the thing. It should have just been a no. Even like Grover, like people kind of know knew who he was. It should have just been a no name. Hey, I'm staying oh, at this hotel. Yeah. Just deliver it to the lobby. I'll come down to the lobby. And they must yeah, have known that, that whole, the Bulls were staying there. Yeah, how that whole thing. So it's like they just poison it just in case. Hoping just in Jordan. case it's a Bulls player. It's not like. <laughs> and we're gonna send five people in to deliver it. <laughs> not shady at all. But. uh yeah, but what yeah, could that, they have possibly put in it that may give him food poisoning? Right, like how do you intentionally give someone food poisoning? Is my question. I don't know what kind of pizza do you want. And then if those guys did intentionally give him food poisoning somehow by putting something on the pizza, were they then watching that game later and were like, "Holy crap! Oh my god! What did we put in it?" Thinking maybe they put steroids in it to act to like gave him more powers because he's they're calling up right. Johnny, you watching this game? <laughs> we did this. We did this. We're responsible for this game. They think he's, I don't they, even like the Jazz. Hey, man, they think he has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many. I mean, we could talk a whole podcast about just that specific moment uh, in NBA history. I'm looking at. Okay. One thing I do want to talk about is. We're not spending more time on the pizza thing? No, 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 no. Uh, I do, I do, I do. Just want to talk about the very end. What do, What do you think that specific moment did for pizza sales in Salt Lake City? Do you think that they went like oh, how many pizza places went out of business after that? I just saw DiGiorno <laughs> tweet during the game of saying, "Of course, it was take, a takeout or delivery or whatever." Amazing, amazing. And I was like, "Y'all, you deserve a raise." Um, I just, I just feel like it would be a disservice if we didn't mention the shot, just how that game ended in '98 and how. Like that shot, I mean, the most iconic shot in NBA history. Well, I mean, one of them, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I mean, I've, I, I feel like I could replay that shot for the rest of my life. And the push off thing was really interesting. I still think, okay, I will say this. I still think he pushed off, but that angle, I don't know if I really saw that angle that they showed to where. It did look like it was. I, I do think. I do think now that I don't think he pushed off as much as I thought he did my entire life. I'll just say that. I still think he pushed off some, but I do buy the his energy was going and the way he placed his hand on him from that side angle. He didn't push him a ton, but I still think he did some. Bob Costas' quote was perfect. It was the way that Jordan pushed off of uh, Brian Russell was just like a Mater D showing you to your table at a restaurant. <laughs> Right, like yeah. he was like, he was like guiding him that way, but he was already going that direction. Right, there was really no. Yeah. It was just kind of like a polite, like, 
like nudge in that direction but i don't think there's not much force behind it you can even tell just the way his hand comes off of of brian russell right like just the, the way because there wasn't wasn't such force that he had to like throw his hand back it just like slowly like came off of him and he took the shot and and brian was already going that direction uh, I, n- yeah. I never i i agree that like technically based on the rules if this if this was the nfl and they were going by their catch rule right like that would have been a push-off but because it's a little bit more up to interpretation and because he didn't really get much of an advantage i don't think he got much of an advantage off the push then reggie's (laughs) reggie's Reggie's push push. yeah yeah and i don't think i I wonder how many people didn't read reggie's sarcasm when he was saying that he slightly sort of pushed off but if you know reggie as a personality you know that was completely sarcastic just the fact that that shot capped off this just that run man and that his last game there for the Bulls he puts up you know Pippen's back thing in and out whatever and they're just using him as a decoy and he goes in he puts up 45 which how did the how did the Jazz not attack Scottie Pippen over and over again in that game I mean man and that was no acting man (laughs) seeing Scottie out there just like and just yeah, that shot capping off. And the fact that that moment there, six freaking NBA titles in eight years, like this decade Amazing. run that, I mean, honestly, I don't think we'll ever yeah, see that again. Because of the way the salary cap is, because of the way contracts are, there's it, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Yeah, and yeah, just that run, how they dominated, how one player basically dominated this decade. It, it's just, it's it's hard to him holding up six fingers there again. It's just like, it's just this reminder of like, it's crazy seeing that, you know, for a while we felt like the warrior, I feel like the warriors are winning every, you know, every year. Or I felt like Kobe and Shaq was winning every year there for in the early 2000s. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this ever going to end. And it's like, they just won like three in a row there. And, you know, Kobe ended up with five, but it's like, they just won like three and it's like three is a lot, but it's like, Jordan won six, like double that. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even imagine being an anti, like anti Jordan, anti Bulls <laughs> fan in the nineties. Your life is just over, right? Like, or being a Bulls fan in Chicago. And what was the name of the park? Grand, what something park. And it's like, can you imagine? It's like, that was just the family tradition every year going to Grand Park for the title rally. Well, they showed all these posters with people saying that seven is heaven or like, you know, six is great, but seven is heaven. Like, like they weren't even satisfied with that. Like, man, and they just thought that this was going to be an every year occurrence. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you literally like literally six out of the ten years in the '90s, you had a fun party in your city. And it's just like you came to like expect it, and then you know, then you would suck for a long time. And maybe that's me. That maybe that's why the rings culture was not as prevalent back in the '90s because no one else could get one. <laughs> Right, like, yeah. Like, what? What's the point of of putting rings? You can judge people as yeah. the thing that judges people if no one else can get one but Jordan and Hakeem when exactly. Jordan set out. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, I, we could talk about the Steve Kerr stuff, or we could talk about Rodman's detour, which is absolutely <laughs> absurd. Like we said earlier, uh, I love Steve Kerr and his whole story was just absolutely incredible with his his family and just open up with that. Like that got me weirdly emotional too. Again, his relationship with Jordan. I feel like I learned about that over the past five weeks and I, it, it was just, yeah, they were like a closer relationship, but it was like a, it's hard to explain. I don't even know how to put it in the words. It, I'm much respected. Like It's so hard to explain how Jordan interacted with teammates because you saw him in the locker room. 
you know, giving high fives to people and talking trash to Scotty Burrell and, you know, saying things back and forth to people. But no one knew Jordan. None of his teammates seemed to, you know, be able to approach him or talk to him because he was just such this huge figure. And Steve Kerr even mentioned, you know, someone, the, the documentary asked, did you talk about your your dads? And he said, no, we, we would never talk about that or, or get to that point. Like he, Jordan was just kind of cordial with, with everyone on his team, unless he was trying to be competitive, but there wasn't like deep connections between many of them because he was yeah. just such, because of his status and level, he was just such an unapproachable figure in that way. And the way that he carried himself, you know, competitively, uh, which has to be a, an incredibly lonely existence. If you think about it that way, uh, which yeah. you wonder what he thinks about now, but uh, man, he, went out and set out to do what he was going to do. And uh, he did it and he accomplished all of pretty much everything in his career. I mean, there's not many things in his career he didn't accomplish. No, I mean, yeah. In a basketball career, I mean, he got the gold medals. He got the, the six titles and never even losing in the finals. He got the, uh, the freaking NCAA tournament title yeah. uh, with, with, with North Carolina. It's like this man got in. I, I think pulling it back full circle here, talking about that podcast with Jason Hare with, with Howard Beck, he says it on that podcast. He goes, this was the ultimate underdog story. Like he was a nobody in high school. He was a nobody. Mike like Jordan. They literally wrote letters to UCLA and University of Virginia asking them to recruit him because nobody was recruiting him. It's like he he got cut. You know, we hear, we've heard that story a thousand times. It's like here in his backyard, basically, Roy Williams and Dean Dean Smith said, you know, hear it from somebody else. Like, all right, I guess we gotta invite this kid to this camp and the rest is history. And we don't ever think of. I don't ever think about Michael Jordan as an underdog story right. because he's the he's the he's at the mountaintop. But honestly, when you look back at his history, he he really is the underdog, the king of underdog stories. It's incredible. It's incredible. It was a great documentary. Highly recommended if you haven't somehow watched it already. Tomorrow we're going to talk about what if the Mavs had actually signed Jordan when he was coming back the the second time, third time. But he was coming back when he played for the Wizards. So we'll talk about that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's out. Boom. Boom.